Welcome to Victory Church Podcast. At Victory, we are committed to connecting people to God, His church and their purpose. For more information, visit victorychurch.net.au. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. I look back over my life and I think 25 years and anniversary is a good time for us to stop and look back personally and collectively and go, well, what are some of the lessons? What are some of the understandings that we've been able to embrace because we see things differently now? And one of those things is that we realize how God operates is opposite to the way that the world we live in operates. Everything in our world operates outside in, God operates inside out. Everything about God is challenging to our human nature and how we are taught to believe and taught to respond. We're in a world that says, it's all about you. You get to choose who you are and you get to choose what you are and you get to choose how you live. And God says, well, the choice has always been given you, but if you align with the way that I live, you're going to find freedom. When you begin to live out the way that the kingdom operates, these kingdom values give to you the ability to experience personal freedom. And I am somebody that goes, I don't want to live a religious life. I want to live a free life. Not an independent life, but a free life. And you know, Marie and I are different. How many know when you get married, you don't know all the differences? Okay, there's only one or two honest enough people to go that. Other ones are getting pulled by that person next to you, don't you dare let them know. Well, one of the differences about Marie and I is that uh, we've got a different appreciation for dogs. And I don't want to offend people today, but you know, I, I'm one of those that Marie would say, I'm not a dog lover. And I go, no, I like dogs. But I don't like dogs that aren't smart dogs. Because you can have a dog that, operates out of what I would call alignment. And if you don't have a smart dog, everyone's going quiet, so there's a lot of dog lovers in this place. It's kind of like, it's kind of like we, we've had dogs and we've got a son who loves dogs and Marie loves dogs. But one of the dogs we had became a mission and a challenge in our marriage because my way of thinking, and I've got the microwave, uh, my microwave, microphone. <laughs> yeah, I wanted at times to put it in. The, no, I didn't want to do that, but... Sorry, I didn't say that. Wipe that out. It's kind of like our dog grew up kind of thinking it was not a dog because there were no boundaries. It's like, honey, we paid a lot for the lounge. Come on, let's not let the dog get on the lounge. And she would say, well, why? I said, well, because it, it needs boundaries. Dogs, like all of us, need boundaries. We find freedom in boundaries, and so it was like, okay, and then I would come home, and one for, thing for sure for, for me anyway, I said, look, let's not have the dog on the bed, that's, that's ours. It's like, okay, so the dog was never there, I'd come back from ministering, doing the work of a missionary all over the world. And then there's like fur on the bed, and I'm going, what's going on? Well, a long story short is our, our dog had to go to the vet a number of times, and when it went to the vet, what happened is they said, well, it's got separation anxiety disorder. And let, let me explain that to you. That it's like it had to go on pills because 
the dog never got to know who it was. Did you know that dogs find security when they know where the master is? Dogs find security when they know what they can and can't do, although they will always persist to take more territory. And, you know, I use that story to say that poor dog has gone to wherever dog goes. Heaven is shouted out from the front row. I'm not going there this morning. I want to keep preaching a message. But, you know, you know today I, I, I just want to bring something out of my heart that I've come to realise that if you don't live within the guidelines, if we don't align with the way that God has wired us to be, we never find completion. We never find freedom. And we never see what God intended for us to see. And one of those things is that God wants us to live in partnership. That partnership is not something we have to do. It's a privilege of living. Everything in life is like, well, be an individual, be who you are. Whereas God says, no, there is a divine way that humanity was designed to operate. And it's where possibility and promise collide. Is when we begin to do life in partnership. We don't just talk about partnership, but we literally realize that we're designed not to do life alone. Life gets too tough alone. We, we, we go through things and we begin to question where God is and we question ourselves and God says, but if you live in partnership, you're going to experience the wonder of winning, not just now and again, but all the way through. You're going to have the strength to climb the mountains. You're going to have the ability to overcome the plan of the enemy for your life. But partnership is attached and we kind of say, well, it's okay. You know, it's just everybody lives the way they want to live. One of the greatest basketball players of all time, arguably, would be Michael Jordan. If you know anything about sport, I love sport. And Michael Jordan put it like this. He said that talent wins games. I think we've got it on the screen. But intelligent teamwork wins championships. In other words, you can have a whole lot of X Factor people, but until they learn to do it together, then you're never going to take up a, out a championship. You're just going to have your highs and lows and highs and lows. And I thank God that I don't have to have it all myself. I'm part of partnering with others that helps us see the wonderful and the acceleration of accomplishment. We, we often read scriptures like this at marriage. I don't know why it's just at marriage because that's not what it's just intended to be. But Ecclesiastes 4 verse 9, it's better to have a partner than to go it alone. Hey, share the work and share the wealth. Remember that one falls down and the other helps. But if there's no one else to help, it's tough. By yourself, you're unprotected. But with a friend, you can face the worst. You can round up a third because a three-stranded or three-folded cord cannot easily be snapped. And I've been thinking a lot about partnership because you can be in church every Sunday, but not living in partnership. You can be in a marriage, but not living in a partnership. You can have a family, but not living in partnership. You could have clear goals identified for your business, but not build a partnership. And partnership is one of the ways God's designed us to operate. And so the enemy attacks partnership all the time. You've heard about the illustration of how geese fly. I'm sure you've seen it in the air how there's this V formation as geese fly. There's one head goose 
And then there are many geese that are flying in this formation and they've done some work and discovered they fly in formation because they were created to fly in formation. Because when you fly in formation, there's an uplift that's created to the goose behind you. And as you operate as geese, each goose gets a lift and can fly far further. In fact, they can fly, scientists tell us, 71% further because they're in formation. And maybe the enemy wants your disappointment to keep you from joining formation. Maybe you didn't get what you wanted and so it's like, well, why should I want to or ever fly in formation? Because flying alone, the enemy knows, creates resistance and drag. And in this formation, everybody's experiencing a lift. By the way, it's too hard to do life outside of partnership. It's too hard to do life at an arm's length and at a distance. And they tell us the, the head goose who's taking and breaking the wind and the others flying in V formation, when they get a little bit, uh, you know, uh, tired, others behind them honk encouragement. Well, let me go there today. I think there's a lot of people in the church honking. But it's not all encouragement. It's like, oh, who the flip do you think you are? Taking that head position. Do you realise to take the head, you take more wind than anyone else? You'll never know that until you take it. You say, well, I'm not the head goose, so why should I worry? Well, you should understand what it takes to fly in head formation or in V formation, you have to realise that when the head goose gets tired, you honk, say, I'm here. Well, why don't you just slop back a bit and I'll take the headwind on this one. Say, well, I don't get it. People don't scratch my back. Why would I scratch your back? You've got to realise you're never going to go 71% further until you understand what it is to live in formation. See, we, we honk, but we're pointing the finger about what we want and what should happen rather than just taking the load. It's an interesting thing. If one of the geese get sick or have a problem, they drop out of formation. Do you realize that two of the other geese join the goose that's fallen? And they go to land and they'll stay with that goose <laughs> until it gets better or until it dies. But as it gets better, the three of them get up and they fly again in a small formation until they can find another larger formation. And then they will fly until they can find their original formation. Come on, in the kingdom of God, it's like, you got to realise 25 years into it, you're not called. Just to come to church and go, oh, man, I feel better. At least somebody encouraged me, brought that word and that song that just helped me. I'm through it. Don't go out and fly alone this week. Yeah, but I'm hurting. And it's like, well, yeah, but I don't want to let everybody know. You need to let others know. You can't rejoin the purposes of God alone. See, the V costs. And God wants us to become part of His body that fly in V formation. It's kind of like, I'd love you to go away today and say, you fly in V? How you doing? You flying V? Oh, I'm not doing that good. It's a bit tough. Are you flying V? 
Well, well, nobody really helps me. So what's the point of doing it? Stay with me. I want to share something from the Word of God. Let's go to Ephesians 4 and verse 1. It's Paul writes, the apostle, he says, you know what? I've been freed in my salvation, but now, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord. It's kind of like, well, we just want freedom preaching. And it's like, we don't realise you can't have true freedom outside of a shift of understanding. You can't find individual breakthrough unless you're in V. I therefore a prisoner of the Lord. I beseech you to walk a walk that's worthy of the calling with which you were called. It's like, I'm going to live by some constraints, but those constraints aren't going to destroy me. They're going to release me. It's kind of like, yeah, I've been through some things, but I realise I don't do life like other birds just flying around going, oh, it's just too hard. I'm fatigued. And the enemy, they, they fall prey. It's even, again, we've got some South Africans here. You go and you see how that operates in the wild. The lions, they look for the one that's not quite running with the pack. It's the one that they can kind of get away from it and then they can target the individual and get them because they're not quite flying in the formation that they were meant to fly and and Paul says, you know, this partnership is about living a life in one sense that feels like, well, it's not just my own anymore. I'm a prisoner. No, but the prisoner means that you're living a life that's constrained and your attitude changes now. Come on, the next 25 years. Well, we shouldn't come to church. What's in it for me? We're here to fly with others and help them. And as we fly with others, we get to that destiny. And it's... Uh, yeah, I said it at the leader's day and I hope you don't mind, but I'm going to tell it like it is because I'm going tomorrow. It's just like most people come because of what the vision brings for them. Oh, I like this church because it's got a great kids ministry. and I like this church because the pastors can roller skate. I like, I like this church because I agree with the vision. Well, that's not what it's all about. I, Paul, a prisoner. Whatever. Wherever, whenever. Come on. Yeah, but I got the right to choose. Yeah, you do. Want to live it alone or want to put your roots down and build something that's going to sustain you all the way through? It's kind of like head goose is going that way. Let's go. Oh, I don't like that way. Well, whatever. Whenever. Wherever, we're, we're in partnership and partnership is what releases us. I love this. You go on in Ephesians 4 verse 16, and this is somewhat of a revelation. From whom the whole body, here it is, joined and knitted together. It's the picture of a, a clothing coming together. How do we get joined and knitted? By what every joint supplies. You can't find partnership until you fly thee. Until you bring what you have, well, that church isn't friendly. I went to that victory church and nobody spoke to me. No, what did you bring? Did you bring a, a friendly hand or was your hand just a cynical hand? I'll see if anybody grabs my hand. Well, we can't even find your hand. It's what you supply. You say, oh, I need a breakthrough. We'll start praising God. Tonight, we're going to touch a bit of that. It's like, well, I don't feel a part of the church. I've been around for a few weeks. Well, what are you supplying? 
by what every joist supplies, that's where the knitting takes place according to the effective work with which every part does its share. We're all honking the right kind of honk. We're all flying in the right kind of direction. In fact, we determine our level of connection. And by the way, being in position is not partnership. Partnership is about the fact of I'm bringing everything I can to it. So let me just talk very quickly about four aspects of partnership. Number one, partnership resets purpose. You you can't come into partnership without resetting your purpose because it's not now just about you. I talk to people all the time and they say, Pastor, would you you pray? I haven't been able to get married yet. And, And I know that once I find my life mate, once I get married, everything will be different. And I go, Yes, it will. (laughs) And they go, what do you mean? Everything will be different. Because you won't always look that good all the way through and she won't have her wedding dress on every day. And you are going to discover that to become one, not at the marriage day. They do in God's eyes, but not in our outworking. You're going to have a marriage of becoming one. And so when you look at church and some people go, well, you know, I don't like this and it's like that. No, you've got to activate your agreement. If we're going to be in partnership, if we're going to make our marriage work, it's kind of like, hey, we're going to clarify that we're going to work at this. It's not about feeling. Relational glue is set when we predetermine our outcome. There's no perfect church and you will never be in a perfect church because you'll be in it. Yeah, but if I just married who they married, no, they would still get to marry you. So I don't want to upset you, but I've just discovered partnership is just not like this light. Oh, I'm praying for partnership. No, partnership requires a resetting of purpose. Amos 3 and verse 3 can... Two walk together unless they be agreed. Can two people build a church and a vision that God has entrusted to leaders unless they be agreed? The word agreed in the original is betrothed. Well, that's my church. Or I'm a part of Flying V there. It's my church because I like it. It's close to where I live and I like the atmosphere. There's nothing wrong with all that. I like the kids program. Nothing wrong with all that, but it's not enough. It's the sense of unless we're betrothed, unless we're in this for the good and the tough. and We're not just there for a moment while it works for us. It's a whatever, wherever, whenever. Yeah, but you guys are lucky you've been married. How many years have you been married now, darling? 37 years? Just got to check. You guys are lucky, huh? We're betrothed. And I'm not having a go if your marriage hasn't worked through, but it's kind of like there is a commitment that's needed. It's not a feeling-based thing. Well, I found my soulmate. Yeah, your soulmate is who you commit to. You build that. You make a commitment. It's, it's partnership. Everything in the world says it's feelings. You are what you feel. No, you're not. You're who you're designed. If you live by your feelings, if I live by my feelings, I wouldn't be here today. Come on, I, I reset purpose when I come into partnership. Second thought about partnership is partnership realigns independence. We're more independent than what we think we are. So 
You can't have partnership unless you realign your independence. The enemy wants to weaken things and kind of like, I've got to drop a whole lot of self to fly thee. It's kind of like, I'll do it a different way. Well, that's not my role right now. So we're going to drop our independence. We in New Zealand have been working for 28 years about bringing togetherness in the churches, not doing things together. And I'm pleased to say that for the last three years now, we've had an open heaven Auckland start of the year where one night the churches of Auckland come together to pray and worship together. And I remember the first one, God gave me a picture. We've all got our tribes. We've all got our flags. So we lift our flags up. That's our name. That's our call. That's our mandate. We lift it up and we should be proud of that. But there are times where those flags should be dropped and we stand together. And it's like God says, if you could drop your flag for the bigger picture, then as you lift your flag, there's going to be a whole lot more wind in your flag because God works as one. There's not like victory and Hillsong and life and all of that. They may be names and identities, but we're one kingdom working for a bigger picture and we could go far further when we start realising that we're here to build that kind of spirit. So partnership resets purpose, but it also realigns independence. You go, well, I'm not independent. Well, let me give you a picture of independence. Independence requires the final say. Well, I'm not happy unless I'm happy. Well, you're going to have to drop that. You can't build a marriage if you require always the final say. Independence commits on their terms. Well, unless I tick off all the boxes, then I'm not in. Well, that's an independent spirit. Independence struggles with flexibility. It's like, well, that's just not me. Well, hey, just get bigger than that. You're not going to build a marriage. You're not going to raise great kids unless you learn flexibility because there's different personalities coming your way. Independence fails to embrace team long term. And I just pray that, you know, we, we can find ourselves anywhere and we take the word of God now and just realize that independence is really about a lack of honor of the bigger picture. Because self always knows better, but I'm just saying, no, let's, in this next season of victory, realize we're not going to live independently. We are going to live in partnership. And partnership, realize that we're going to reset our purpose collectively. We're going to realign our independence. By the way, partnership very quickly resolves conflict. I've been telling Marie for 37 years, I'm right. And she's been telling me for 37 years, I'm right. And you go, really? You're meant to be pastors. No, we're people. Living out a call every day, making decisions and walking towards the purposes of God. But it's like, what happened there? Well, I just, you know, I I didn't like what was going on. Didn't you realize that you can't have partnership unless you resolve conflict? Yeah, but I thought the church shouldn't have conflict. Get real. It's like, well, you know, that church, they've had some issues. People have come, people have gone. And I say, get used to it. I often say, how many many people are you married to? Well, I'm not, so you know, I've just got one. Well, how tough has it been? Well, it's not all been easy. Then we had these cute little babies. They grow up. I think I said this week to someone. They grow up and become demons. You go, did we produce, (laughs) did we produce these? Then you've got to work through and realize that conflict is a thing to be managed. It's not a spin-out point. We've got to be committed to conflict resolution. Marie and I, when we first got married, it's like I come from a cooking background and I wasn't trying to say anything wrong, but I think it was the first few weeks she was peeling carrots. 
And there was nothing wrong with that. It was great. It's like, wow, she knows how to peel carrots. Great. But she was peeling them towards herself. And I, I just as a loving husband said, honey, that's cool. Ever thought about peeling the carrots the other way? So that you don't hurt yourself. To which he responded just very nicely, but I'll peel the carrots the way I want to peel the carrots. <laughs> 37 years on, we've never had carrots. <laughs> which I'm internally thankful to God for. And... Are you okay this morning? Bit of a teaching number. Can I just say this? This is my view. You don't have to accept it. But communicating anything negative outside of a resolve environment proves you're not a partner. Oh, yeah, but this is what I think. Yeah, yeah. So you can communicate. We will have a lot of communication because partnership resolves conflict about negative things, but it's in what environment? And a lot of our world and the church, I would say, hasn't understood partnership. We should be resolving or seeking to resolve. And if we can't find a resolve, we move on and honor each other. But to communicate negative is not right. We need a whatever, wherever, whenever commitment. And the final thought, and it's getting quiet in here, so I need Kathy to come and join me. Maybe Kathy, come and join me. Is that partnership requires responsibility, personal responsibility. It's kind of, it's not just about your leaders or other people, it's about me. I, I've had to work out that it's when Marie and I see things differently, my responsibility is not to react, and we're still learning at times how to do that, but to understand that it's different, that God is looking for a generation that aren't just living for what their best is. So years ago, I was in San Diego and I was doing a men's camp and it was in the winter and we went up to the campsite and it was in the hills where it was completely covered with snow. It was a cool thing. I was one of the speakers and another speaker was somebody from the military who'd trained, I think, with Navy SEALs. And so we shared the ministry and anyway, this person that trained the military took us all out in his session into the snow. And he said, this is how it's going to work. We're one. If I issue a command and one of us don't do it, we all pay. And he said, I told you to be here at 10 a.m. Some of you got here at five past. All of you. 20 push-ups in the snow. He said, all of us. I go down. 20 press-ups. He talks and he says, listen, I want full attention while I'm talking. So somebody whispers something. Hey, I said I wanted full attention. All of you in the snow. It's like flat. I don't want to be a New Zealand citizen. I want to join the American army. Then towards the end of his message, he said, you can't do life alone. It's impossible, the Bible. And we just sort of play around with it. But you, you can't do it, men, on your own. That's why I'm not letting you get off because I want you to understand. You muck up a little, it doesn't just affect you, it affects everybody. 
Come on, we're all in it. You don't have to stand in the trials alone. You've got a whole group standing with you. So tonight, today He said, I want, I'm addressing these things. Some of you have got addictions. Some of you have got these things that are actually controlling your life. And today, we're going to see the beginning of a breakthrough. I want men to come out. And I think there was about a dozen men that came out. Maybe more, 30. Some of them, big men. I mean, Americans eat some incredible food and, you know, big boned and just big men. And he said, now we're going over through this valley to the top over there. It's about a two mile walk. None of you men are going to walk. We're going to carry you. So I need men to get around each of the men. It was amazing as he was talking how the crowd were just sort of shuffling back in the snow. Are you hearing me? And I was just standing there and I, I did look around. I thought, I feel a little isolated here. And one of the guys that had responded the closest to me, I think was the biggest. So I'm looking around and he's talking. He says, men, this is what we're going to do. We're going to carry them. They aren't allowed to touch the snow from here to the destination. So people started looking at each other and, you know, I'm a leader, I've got to lead the way. So I stepped forward towards the big guy. A few other guys come around, the six of us, it took to lift him up. He says, I'm telling you, nothing to touch the snow. He says, what will need to happen is it's a long way. So we're going to have others that aren't already committed to join the teams, make an exchange, take the lead. The others to honk. He didn't say that, but that's the others. Come on, encourage. This is not easy. I, but this is partnership. Again, my words. So we lifted and we carried. And to be honest, I think it was about 20 steps into it. I'm looking around at the others that just talking among themselves. I'm thinking, come on, make an exchange. Next 25 years, don't just come and sit in the pew. Don't just come because the coffee is according to your liking. It's because your kids have got a place where they can grow in the things of God you come to bring. I, Paul, a prisoner, a whatever, wherever, whenever. I'm going to commit my life to, to flying thee because we're going to go further in the kingdom if we live that. And I kept looking at these guys. They kept looking away. I think sometimes... We look at what goes wrong rather than going, maybe it was because we didn't do our part. We need each one of us to step up and take the responsibility. It's like when it comes to giving, how much encouragement if we're a Christian does it take to honor God with what belongs to him? Why do you keep arguing that? Because it's not about the church getting money. It's about you releasing who's sovereign over your financial world. Oh, we have to come to another meeting. You don't have to come to anything. But if we're going to fly V and see something happen, it's going to take a generation that are going to do something together and in partnership. And, and there's a difference being made. I think today, can I, well, I'm going to be anyway, completely honest. Take a sports analogy. I think a lot of us are playing for the name on the back of the jersey. Not the color of the jersey. You see, on the most sports teams, it's got your surname now. Oh, there's De Jong. There's so-and-so. God hasn't called us to play for our name, but for the color of the jersey, which is we're here to bring hope to a world that's lost hope. We, 
We're going to love them no matter where they stand in life, back to life. We're not here to pass judgment. We're here to bring clarity that God loves and forgives and restores. And You can come join our V. And together you will never be left alone again. You, you're in a place where difference is going to be made. And it's kind of in a bigger church like yours, maybe ours, people can sometimes go, oh, well, look at what's happened. Ah, uh, it will happen. It's like, why, why do I need to fly V? It'll happen. It always has happened. Your part won't. God designed you not just to breathe air and produce carbon dioxide. He designed you for destiny and purpose. Come on, and the generations that follow us, it's like, this is a new season. We've got a lot of learnings we've had in 25 years. And one of the learnings is we don't fly alone. We don't fly just because of what we get out of it. We fly V. And we fly with this whatever, wherever, whenever. And I love that when we see that is when we see the church begin to really fly the way it should be. One of the classic verses that I love is Psalm 37 verse 25 where the psalmist cries, I've been young and now I am old. I've just turned 60, so... I'm not old yet, but I am young now. I'm 60. Yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken and their descendants begging bread. It's not just the righteousness that comes with salvation, but the righteousness of living right. That that's where the purpose of God. And maybe you're in church today and you go, you know what, Paul? I've never understood that there's a God that loves me enough, wants to put me in a family and wants to support me. God doesn't look for our goodness as the criteria of knowing him. It's that our honesty of a need for him. I can't do this alone anymore. Christianity is not a religion. It's not a set of rules. It's about a relationship with a God that meets us where we're at. And then he continues to say, you want to go further? Salvation is not a gift. i uh, sorry, is not a, a payment for a response. It's literally this gift of saying, I died on a cross for you to show you that I love you. And so the moment you say yes to me, I forgive your past and my presence fills your life. Come into worship. You can feel and experience worship of others because there are people that are worship carriers now. But you go back to the, the same you as before you came. But today, maybe you're here and God's just saying, hey, you can carry my presence. And you can learn how to live a victorious life and achieve so much more, which is part of your design but it's going to take partnership. It's going to take a longing in your own heart for me to get involved and then teach you how to do life with me and then with others. And I pray that Victory is going to be a church that is going to be filled with a partnership spirit. One of the things you love about coming here is you see those that are serving and it's not like, well, we have to do it. It's just we love to serve. Well, I still know churches are churches. There's a lot of us out here that just turn up and go home. You say, well, I, I just don't agree with where this is going. Well, you get to make that choice. But go where you do believe in it and partner. Because whatever you believe in is going to take a left turn according to which wind blows and a right turn. And you just got to stay in V. And partnership can change the world. You hearing me? Is that a great challenge? Great challenge. I'd love to pray for you today. Team can come and join me. If you're here in church and you say, you know, for me, Paul, I've walked with God before, but I know in my heart I've allowed compromise, I've allowed sin. And I love to pray. 
I believe the most powerful prayer, which is, God, would you meet me? And would you forgive me? And at that point, you reset your life. And uh, if you're away from God, you know that. You know in your heart that you're not right with God. Don't hide it. Just come full blown to God. Say, God, this is me. Would you meet me today? I want to start my life. Here we are on anniversary Sunday, really, 25 years. And today I'm going to just dedicate my life to God. Maybe you've never personally invited Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. We have in our church, again, scores of people every week never prayed what we call the sinner's prayer, which is God I've never known you. My sin has separated me from you, yet you still love me. Would you meet me here today? And people are finding that they can do life with God powerfully. There's a guy that came uh, to me a, a couple of months ago, just been released to prison. And somebody said, there's a guy that you need to meet. And I said, I've got to go and preach. He says, oh, okay. And I said, no, 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 I'll come over. He came over and he just hugged me, tears running down his face. And he said, Paul, I watched you on TV in prison for months and months and I found Jesus first thing I wanted to do is to come and see if I could find you and I said well here we are and he just cried just incredible story of how God changed him and I said man you don't have to live an echo of your past you've got a whole brand new point that's what Jesus said I said look come to me the old's passed away the Bible says you become a brand new creation Christians aren't perfect you just have God on the inside then he came up to me, I think it was about six weeks ago, and he says, oh, I'm, I'm not going to be around for five months, Pastor Paul. I said, what's that all about? He says, I've just decided I'm going to go and discover how I can unlock all my addictions. I'm going into rehab for the next five months. And then the people that are looking up after him came up to me, and he said, look, we just he, he gets eight minutes a week to use the phone in rehab. And he rang one of our pastors and said, hey, ta tell Pastor Paul, not because I know he'll worry about it, but he says, I've started tithing on the $15 I earn every week in rehab. And it's not about the money. It's just like this guy, he's flying V. Yeah, don't play around with God. Come on. Just say, God, I'm all in. I've stuffed up, but I'm all in. And you say, yeah, but I've done that before. I can't do it. You've got to do it in V. And when you do it in V, victory happens. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you have any questions, please email us at admin at victorychurch.net.au.